We're trying to reach other audiences. Tell your friends in Guys, we're, we're Argentina or wherever. We've, tell everyone, for God's sake, please. Welcome, you guys. My God, we're we're doing it again. Yeah, we're back and the same as ever. <laughs> That's really funny. I'm back and exactly as I was before you left, and it's not that great. We're, the, we're back and we're as mediocre as before. As mediocre as we've ever been. And today we're running our filthy mouths about one of my favorite things. And it, it's my favorite thing as well, but it's like, it's definitely her thing first, and then it's my thing second. And that thing is... Mushrooms! That's right, psilocybin, hallucinogenics, mushrooms. I gotta be honest, I love just a good good old garden variety mushroom as well. You're a, you're like a mushroom... I like portabella. Yeah? I love a good... I just... Mushrooms, sautéed mushrooms, ugh. I will eat mushrooms, because I know they're filled with nutrients. Mm-hmm. I don't love them. I feel like you're eating mushrooms on the off chance that you might hallucinate from them. That I'm like, perhaps these ones will also make me talk to things in outer space. So a year ago for 4th of July, Jessica, Michelle, myself, and some some uh, friends. friends went out to Joshua Tree yes. to, to do mushrooms. To be with one with nature in in and out of our bodies. So I was only planning on doing mushrooms one night because I had never tripped on mushrooms before, ever. I'd never taken them at all whatsoever. And Jessica Michelle was a huge fan. Yeah. And by the way, being a huge fan doesn't mean I do them regularly. Not that there's, I, I don't, you know, begrudge anyone who does. Frankly, I'm jealous of you. I wish I could afford myself the time off from life to just give myself permission to do them more. But from the first time I did them, I was like, oh... This is my drug this of choice. This is my drug of choice. And yeah. I've never done them more than I think twice in one year. But I like to do them. I like to do them at least annually, mm-hmm. semi-annually if I can. <laughs> uh, is that every other year or semi-annually twice a year? It can mean both. So fucking confusing. Just like bi-weekly, mm-hmm. right? I think bi-weekly can mean twice um, a week, twice a week or, or every other week. It's such horseshit. Um, time. A construct that mushrooms does not adhere to uh yeah mushrooms are fucking magical yeah so, i did not think i would like them as much as i did i was curious to see how you handled them because i definitely was of the mindset of like nicole absolutely 100 percent, you should not do this unless you want to and feel ready to do it because i've never had a bad trip but i imagine being super anxious and worried about a trip going into a mushroom trip mm-hmm. could really fuck with somebody yeah and I'd heard that, and I think I went into it in the best place I possibly could be in my head, which isn't saying much, <laughs> but I think I was the best I could be. Yeah, if her anxiety is at a 10, she went into it at like an 8, you yeah. know? <laughs> I mean, that is that is the best I'll ever get. It's frankly so, meditative state for Nicole. I think I, I was going into it in such a hopeful place just because I had you there, and... I know you had done it before. So I was kind of looking to you as like my, my seeing eye dog to take me through my trip. A human, a human. It's okay. I'm a dog. It's fine. But I was, I was like, all right, I'm going to be okay. As long as Jessica Michelle's here and she doesn't lose her shit, I'll be fine. Oh my God. 
What if I had lost my shit? I love that even in this scenario, like remember earlier how we were saying, I look at you as the more level-headed stable of us. And I think that's insane because I look at you as the more stable of us. And then when we were doing mushrooms, I was like, oh, she'll keep it together. She's got this. She knows what she's doing. Yeah. Meanwhile, I'm, you you look over next to you and I'm like talking okay. to a star in the sky. So this is how it how it went down. Yes. We all, we took all of our mushrooms, blah, da, 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 da. They don't taste very good. If you're ever trying to do mushrooms, I recommend. Capsules or chocolate. Yeah. Or grinding them up in tea isn't that great. But if you're going to take them straight out, I ha- uh, put them on a spoonful of peanut butter. Yeah. But get them down the hatch as quick Just as possible. launch them down. It is not like a sauteed portobello. Unfortunately, that would be delicious. In my opinion, it's not much worse because I think mushrooms that are for dinner are disgusting. But if you are a lover of mushrooms, you'll be sorely disappointed. Yeah, very disappointed. It's not at all the same culinary experience. Yeah. So we take our mushrooms. I can't remember the time in between taking them to the time they just started working. All I remember is going from zero to crying. (laughs) Here's what I'll tell anyone who is doing mushrooms. And I think this happened with you. And I think it's a normal thing that happens is there's always this period where some people actually get sick, but I would say like 30 to 45 minutes in, you will start to feel sick in your stomach. Mm -hmm. Like, First of all, you're like, nothing's happening. They're not working. Also, I feel like I'm going to throw up or shit. It's an unpleasant feeling. And um, thank God that never happened to me. Although I feel like a, that unpleasant stomach feeling is the way I live life. So I might have just been like, well, I feel the same. Yeah, that's what I was like. It probably did happen. But you have IBS and your stomach hurts so often that you just didn't think anything yeah. of it. You weren't like the shrooms are making me ill. You're just like, oh, I guess life, I life is making me too Ill. many bites of that watermelon we cut up. So what happens is you'll hit a point where you're about to get sick. And once you've done it a few times, you start to realize that is the moment right before you start to trip. So you go from, I feel sick to then you start sort of seeing for me, usual, like slightly visual hallucinations where things are just kind of trippy. Nothing crazy though. Like things get trippy, but not in a way like they, you see in a movie where it's like this grossly exaggerated tripping thing. I think it depends on the person and also the amount of shrooms you take. I think we took a decent amount, but I think if we had taken more, your thoughts Mm -hmm. on that would be different. Yeah. Also being inside is way crazier for visual stuff in my opinion. Yeah. Then outdoors. Oh yeah. When we went inside at one point, I remember nobody warned me about mirrors and I went inside and you were not supposed to look at yourself in a mirror because you look haggard. Like I looked at myself in a mirror. I was like, who is that? That can't be me. I was like, I got to go outside. Especially if you have a fear of aging. Cause I feel like what mushrooms does for me when I look at other people, it's I've had different experiences, but sometimes I've watched someone like, age before my eyes <laughs> like you can see them in all phases of their life like and it's like i mean if i saw that i'd have a full-blown panic attack you would have had to have taken me to the hospital at that so point funny thank god that didn't happen then i remember the first time i did them with our friend dana moon we were talking to each other and i was looking at her and half of her face was her face and the other half of her face kept changing it was like melding into, so it would like slowly transform. Like it was in a movie of someone was what I like, what I imagine reading the books, like when Tonks changes her appearance, mm-hmm. uh, like it's just sort of a switch. The other half was molding into every other woman I've ever met in my entire life. I feel like that is such a metaphor for Dana. Cause I feel like she's got this side of her. That's so uniquely herself. And then she's got this other side of her. That's just like a thousand percent. Everyone around inspiration quote, basic ass bitch. I just, I mean, I'm not any better. Cause I looked at her and I was like, wow, you're every woman I've ever met. 
And aren't we all? But then you like really blast off. Oh, do you really blast off? But it's in waves, right? Do you feel like it's in waves? I mean, I I did feel waves. I felt waves of cry, laugh, scream. I mean, I will never get over how that felt. It was one of the most surreal experiences of my life. You were truly on an emotional roller coaster. (laughs) Walk us through that. What was going this through is, your head on these mushrooms? By the way, you guys, this is my impression of Jessica Michelle when we were mushrooming. She was laying, I, she, I was this, she's me, I'm her. For the record, she was we down. were for most of the time laying on an air mattress under, half under the sky, half under the roof, which I have a lot of thoughts about. I wish we would have been more under the sky. Yeah. And we were by a pool in the middle of the desert in Joshua Tree. We're, we're laying there and Jessica Michelle is just, I just look over at her and she's like looking up at the sky and she's like... Listen, you guys, if you haven't done mushrooms, she maybe was, if you have done mushrooms, you're going to think that this is batshit crazy. She talks to stars. There is a language that the universe speaks, and it's not one you can put into words because it's a different language. And, and you, I think anyone has the capability of, of hearing that language or being able to communicate in it, but I, I couldn't. It's not like talking. It's like an understanding that you can get. And I think that going out in nature when you're on mushrooms helps you get in touch with that and makes you able to communicate with the universe. I also think there's something to the fact that I'm someone who's able to get along with diverse groups of people. Maybe that's tied together. I don't know. Maybe that's just a crazy drug thing. Maybe. But but if you're still enough and you like allow yourself to connect with the world around you, in, in this case, the sky, I like mm-hmm. to look at the stars and into the universe. I really feel like you almost get this download of understanding. It's like a warmth. You feel like you're being embraced and understood. Absolutely. And it's like a thing where it makes me like, there's so many, so much of my anxiety is this fear of seeming crazy for being misunderstood. If I share a thought or if I say something in some, if it's not in agreement with someone, mostly internalized, a lot of it in my head, but whatever that feeling is, it's like a feeling of, Oh, I'm okay. Mm -hmm. Like I'm not crazy. I'm not a weirdo. This is okay. Yeah. But it's not about me. (laughs) But the stars aren't judging you and that's why you love them. No, they love you. And there's so many of them, by the way. Yeah. And they're always there. I mean, eventually in theory they burn out, but we're seeing them like 3 million years later. This is what's wild. If you go out to the desert or you go out somewhere where there's no city lights. Yeah. When you lose all the light pollution. Oh, Holy shit, there are so many stars and the depth of them. Oh, yeah. It just keeps going and going and I had, I mean, I'd gotten camping. I grew up in Michigan. I've been out under the stars at night. I don't remember them there being that many stars i feel like when you're on mushrooms you can actually like see into the depth of the sky well, it's, it's crazy it heightens your perception they've done mris on people and like brain scans more of on your brain is firing more of your brain's firing so i think that like I often wonder how much of quote hallucinations that people see are hallucinations mm-hmm. and how much is like, no, you you have more of your brain open. Your whereas, brain is functioning at a larger capacity. So it's able to take in more information. Yeah. Whereas, you know, at, when you're not on psilocybin mushrooms, uh, your brain does this magical thing of like blocking things out so you can focus, yeah. which is incredible. Yeah. It's made us who we are, but there's so much out there that I think we don't normally take in and you have this opportunity to really go um, there with mushrooms. Yeah, I because I, I micro after that experience, I started micro dosing a little more often. And micro dosing is basically like taking a subclinical dose of medication. You don't trip at all. 
it just um someone in our chat i just looked down because we we record this live on our uh, patreon patreon.com head over to our patreon if you want to come to the live recordings and you can answer questions slash two filthy nerds someone asked um i heard that you shouldn't do mushrooms if you're depressed does that make sense uh you probably have heard that, and I don't know who started that vicious rumor, but microdosing, maybe with a full dose of mushrooms, but microdosing has helped me tremendously with my depression. Yeah, that's so interesting because I understand why someone would maybe say that because I think the thought is if you're depressed, you might be in a bad headspace. Headspace, where so maybe you're hyper focusing on. Life sucks. Life is terrible. But there's actually a ton of research being done right now about how psilocybin helps depression. And there are a lot of people who, I don't know if you can remember, I mean, it's only been a year, but I have this effect. And a lot of people, other people, after they do a big mushroom trip, their overall mood is, is elevated for as much as a few months. Yeah. I think, I think I was definitely after that, I, I just feel like that whole experience for me was definitely an awakening of sorts. But yeah, yeah, I think my overall mood was better. And then after that, I definitely started microdosing more and more and more. And I just, it was great. Yeah. So with microdosing, let's talk about that a little. So do you... are basically taking one-tenth of what a tripping dose would be. Yeah. So it's just like a tiny bit that really does. It's not enough. It's not going to make you sick. But there is this... On your way up with mushrooms, like when you're tripping or if you take a decent amount, but you're not going to like head explode. There's a thing that I think a lot of people get hit, which is this sort of giggle fit wall where everything is the funniest thing in the world. And this is like a little nugget of that. A sliver of that. It's like such a sliver. Like you could... You could, I could take this and go be with my entire family and be fine. Nobody would be like, Nicole, are you okay? I mean, there was a month period in the beginning of quarantine when I was on mushrooms, like the entire time. And it changed me. I did mushrooms for a month straight and it totally changed me. And it just made being happy easier. If that makes sense. If you're a depressed person, that's probably a a statement that will resonate with you. If you've never been depressed. Um, wow. Good for you. Uh, but it's, yeah. Yeah. I would actually say that, uh, in the right scenario, mushrooms are very helpful for depression. But a a thing that's commonly said, which I don't disagree with is if you're going to try them for the first time, be with people you trust, maybe have someone who's done them before Mm -hmm. staying sober to guide you through it, or Mm -hmm. at least guiding you through it. If they're maybe they're doing the mushrooms with you, but have someone who's done it before. Um, because you do have all this, like when you really trip, you have like an explosion of realizations and it's just like some some people handle it differently. And you just want to be with people where it, regardless of whatever you crazy thing you say, or if you're just like, I need to go be alone and go sit on a rock mm-hmm. away from them, yeah. you're not going to later feel embarrassed or ashamed. Yeah. And- it's definitely doing mushrooms with you was you were one thousand percent the person that I should have been with on my first mushroom experience. Like I Aww. feel completely myself and around you. I don't feel judged. I feel judged, but like in good ways, like you, you hold me accountable kind of thing, <laughs> but not in a way, not in a way that's like, if I did something in, I mean, I was sitting there scream, laugh, crying. I was, all I kept saying is that the world is a deli. 
<laughs> yeah, like you were equating everything to things in a deli counter. Yeah, everything. So. And then like we were with this guy, Buddy, and he went and got in the hot tub and I was like, oh my God, he's human soup. And I was like, this all plays into my deli scenario. And it was ridiculous. <laughs> and then I was like, so I kept saying that and laughing and then I started crying and I would be like, I'm so Jewish. She literally one time, this is not, not an exaggeration. She made some deli joke, threw her head back laughing, and by the time she came up, she had started crying. You're like, <laughs> and you went, I'm so annoying. <laughs> and just like booger factory. Oh my God, the amount of crying I did, and I just kept crying and having these fits, and then I just kept curling up with Jessica Michelle because I was like, she's my safe place. Um, on that note, by the time you guys are listening to this, I will have done another mushroom trip. And speaking of food, I think maybe we should take a break. And get some snacks. Get some snacks. We're going to get some snacks and we'll be right ba- back. After so these sorry. messages, we'll be right, right snacks. Bye. All right, you guys, we are now at chapter 16 of the Order of the Phoenix. We're starting strong. Pog's head. We left off. And there was talk of yeah, maybe some sort of defense against the dark arts. Get together, Get together. teacheroo, classy poo with yeah. Harry at the helm. Which Hermione had pitched and sort of, you know, left it alone because he was kind of like, what the fuck? But And Harry's like, I'm I'm lucking out mm-hmm. every single time and you guys are part of it. Like, this isn't me. Yeah, he's going, I've had so much help. So there's like a brief break and, it, and Hermione kind of brings it back up like all right it's had some time to breathe and he does he does kind of push that again like there were teachers who helped me you guys helped me a lot of it was just dumb luck but then Hermione brings up like look dude regardless you you were able to shake off an imperious curse in class nobody else was doing that yeah he literally we saw him do that last year in Goblet of Fire when Moody was putting it on the whole class which now so extra creepy yeah and then he also threw it off when he was up against uh Voldemort Voldy Buns yeah and he can produce a Patronus which we even saw um Amelia Bones get excited about this is a thing with grown wizards crazy yeah multiple times he's done it he's like well yeah I've done it before and she's like wait you've done more than one Patronus Patronus but what did I say Patronus you guys you you sound like a mom trying to relate to her kids like and then he makes the pertonus i get it i'm here for you no so it's like yes there was a lot of luck involved but like i think success is being prepared for luck yeah and i think that's what hermione is getting at so hermione organizes this thing where they they have their hogsmeade weekend and they decide to meet at a place called hogshead yeah, instead of, they normally go to the Three Broomsticks. That's mm-hmm. the popular place. But her, Hermione's like, oh, there will be less people Hogshead there. Hogshead is like the dive bar of Hogsmeade. Yeah, they're in Anchorage. There's a bar literally called the Panhandler. Uh-huh. And it's just Panhandlers. There's literally Panhandlers outside. And I'm like, you're a cartoon of yourself. It's yeah. the scariest bar. Oh. We went in there once because we were like, we're going to bar crawl through downtown. And we were like, we got to get out of here. You crawled in and you crawled out. We crawled out and probably caught something. I mean, that, that description that you have of that bar is what I imagined Hogshead to be. Yeah. A lot of all shady looking characters, no one showing their face. It's all hooded. There isn't one person drinking there for a celebratory reason. It is the drowning of every feeling imaginable. This is where divorced wizards and witches go. Oh, totally. The point is they go and, and Hermione's like, okay, you know, just a few people coming. 
And it ends up being like a pretty decent little crowd. I felt like they had a, they had a good showing. They had a really good showing. I think it was what? 23, 26. Yeah. Something that somewhere in there. Summer 20 plus 20 yeah. plus showing, including Cho Cho Chang. Cho Chang. Um, Harry, of course, had a little bone, a little bones town like, when he oh saw her. Chose here. He's like, oh, I'm gonna slide into. He's like, you know what? I know you're really sad about Cedric still, but we're gonna take those tears, get that pussy nice and wet, and I'm gonna I feel throw like you're jumping it the gun in because okay. we didn't get the tears until three chapters from now. But that's fine. It's fine. It's fine. There's a people from. From Gryffindor, Hufflepuff, and Ravenclaw. Obviously, no Slytherins. It's not even probably worth the risk of telling them. I'm sure her mother yeah, yeah, didn't. Yeah. We meet um, a Hufflepuff kid who came came along with some of the other Hufflepuffs named Zachariah Smith, who seems to be kind of a fucking cunt. Like a bitch. But he speaks up and he's like, you know, what really happened? Where's the evidence? Which yeah. I think is fair. As much as it's yeah. like... I, I don't, I'm not mad at that. But also, like, fuck you a little bit, too, you little bitch. Yeah, he's like, what really happened? And of course, once he says this, Harry's like, oh... People don't believe in me and want to learn dark arts. They came because they are nosy and want to hear what the fuck happened. Yeah. And that, that that stings. Yeah. That does. Oh, for sure. But he said that and no one leaves. Yeah. Everyone's like there. Yeah. And he, he basically is like, look, if if that's the only reason you came, you don't believe me. Like, whatever. You can fucking go. And then there's a girl actually there, speaking of not mm-hmm. too long ago, who goes, I heard you can Make produce a, a corporeal Patronus, which we heard before from Amelia Bones. And he goes, do you know Amelia Bones? It turns out to be her niece. So it's that's Susan Bones. Susan, I'm Susan Bones. Susan my, Bones here. My aunt works for the government and I'm a Hufflepuff. Is she a Hufflepuff? I'm sorry I made that noise. That came from my soul. I think she might be a Hufflepuff. Um, I love that all the Ravenclaws are there too. Oh yeah. And the smartest people in the school, us. <clears throat> and they having some Ravenclaws there goes, and of course like Luna Lovegood's there, but it's... It you know it it it's just nice to have yeah. people who believe in you. Yeah, and everybody there is like, you know, everything with Cedric and all of you know Voldemort shit aside. Like you're, we believe in you. Like whether we believe that story or not, every single person is like, yeah, Harry knows what he's doing. Yeah, they're like you. You obviously can kick some sort of ass because Cedric came back dead and you were still alive. I mean, nobody says that, but also that's worth something, isn't yeah. it? Um, oh, Hermione has a piece of parchment and she's like, I think we should all sign this as a way to just like say we're in it um, as an agreement to not tell anyone about the meetings. I think we need to be secret. And she jinxes it. Yeah, but she doesn't tell them that. She doesn't tell them that. No, oh, we find that out later. Okay, yeah, we sorry, do find that out later. Shit. Sorry. You are fucking... I'm sorry. Don't ignore that. I said that. Royce. Redact. Redact. I mean... Uh, for all the spoilers that I'm supposed to, keep I'm so hidden. happy I'm not reading the whole book and going chapter by chapter because I would just ruin everything as we go. Yeah, no, I am very aware of okay, that. Cool. I'm like, no, you can't read past can't where read we have to record because yeah, yeah. you'll fuck it up. Yeah, but everyone signs. Some people are like, oh, what if the paper gets found? But it's just names on a paper. Yeah, they even get the fucking Hufflepuff bitch Zacharias to sign it, and then. And then ever the scheduling uh, major conflict because everybody's on. There's three different Quidditch team players yeah. there. So so Hermione's like, we'll get, we'll let you know when we're gonna schedule it. But it's like they have to work around everyone's all the different group things, which is fair. But more importantly, they need a place to have meetings mm-hmm. because they gotta figure that out. Yeah, it's gotta be. So out it's of, like, all right, we're gonna get, we'll figure all of this out. Yeah, and then and of course, as everyone clears out. Cho does the little like Cho last does the hang back the, the whole a boobity boo. I'm going. Hermione's onto this. She's like, there's something going on between you two. Hermione's like, she wants to get she, Buffer Chang. She wants you to Harry her Chang Potter 
Chang. She wants to ride on your broomstick, Harry Potter. She wants to. He she Go wants seeking for her snitch. Is that what we call the clit now? Mm-hmm, the Find snitch. the snitch. I mean, it's the Dobby. Beep, 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 beep. Speak for yourself. Mine's golden and has wings. Okay. <laughs> her golden snitch and my house elf of a pussy. Oh, and we also find out, by the way, that Ginny is dating someone named Michael Corner who was at the meeting. That's why he was there. So there's this whole revelation of, oh, I thought Ginny liked Harry. But then Hermione's like, no, she's dating this guy. Which explains why she suddenly is able to have conversations with Harry. Because we yeah. know before she was super shy. And now it's like, no, yeah, no, she moved on. Which she's good over for it. you, Ginny. Yeah. She moved on. I feel like you've made a theory about this before. And look, you're wrong. No, she moved it's, on. it's, she circles back. She circles. She's, that's a pump fake right there is what it is. Bullshit. Her, listen, um, things aren't going to work out with Michael Corner. First of all, terrible name. Second of all. Oh, yeah, because Harry Potter is I'm a great sorry. name. Harry's the fucking baddest ass wizard there is. Okay? You think Harry, the, the baddest ass wizard there is isn't going to end up with the hottest Ravenclaw smartest? Who knows how hot Ginny's going to be? I do. She's a Weasley. She looks like Fred and George mm. with longer hair. I feel like sometimes apples fall off trees. Not this one. This is a tree. Tree hugging apple. red apples. An apple. An and apple on the tree. Li- she's got Molly Weasley at best. <sighs> Molly sounds like she's pretty, no? Molly sounds like a, a Midwest mom to me. But anyways... Ron does a whole like, who the fuck is this guy? Big brother, which is like, dude, fuck you. Ron's just lonely. I think at this point that he's like, Oh, you found someone. Is everybody just hooking up? But like, anyway, that's where we leave off with chapter 16. On to the next. Yes. Chapter 17. Emotional decree is what I almost said. Educational Educational decree decree number 24. 24. All right. So the whole Cho thing, giving him eyes, Harry's like, Oh fuck. Harry's on cloud Nizain. Yeah, cloud 69. Hello. Hello. Oh, 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 he wants to choke on her Chang. Anyway. Uh, choke on her Chang. So choke as soon as they get back Chang. to the common room, there is a giant notice over all of the other stuff on the board. It says, by order of the High Inquisitor of Hogwarts, all student organizations, societies, teams, groups, and clubs are henceforth disbanded. Umbridge strikes Again. By the way, and the punishment is expulsion, being expelled. Yeah. I know how words work. Mm -hmm. And then it says groups may only reform with permission from the High Inquisitor Umbridge, which, by the way, includes uh, Quidditch. What? But more importantly, as soon as they get back... Yeah. This is posted? That's fucking shady. Yeah. And so they all all think like, oh... Some... Somebody reported. Yeah, well... Somebody done snitched. And that's when we find out that the sheet was jinxed because they're like somebody from the group, but Hermione said she she's hexed it. Yeah. So if somebody did tell, they're going to be covered in boils, which good for her. Good and for so her at for that point, that. they're like, you know what? Nobody did because of the whole hex thing. Let's just keep going with this. Yeah. They're like, we're going to keep moving forward because that's exactly what she wouldn't want. They're trying to stop us from learning this for a reason. So everybody's first order of business learning about this disbanding of groups um, of course, every house's top priority is their Quidditch team and Quidditch. being able to practice. Yeah, and Angelina, the captain of the Gryffindor Quidditch team, who, by the way, was also at the meeting for the the, the defense against the dark arts secret group. She's pissed because Slytherin was approved right away, and she Gr- won't approve. She hadn't approved the Gryffindor team yet. Yeah, so she basically was like, "Harry, I need you to keep your shit together. Yeah. Don't fuck this Don't up. Don't fuck for it us. up in class again." And in class, not that class. It was in. Uh, Care of magical creatures? No, they were in a no, different no, class. No, they were in Ben's class, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The He's, history of magic, the boring class. Yeah, the boring class. He sees 
Hedwig. So instead of coming at breakfast, all of a sudden he sees Hedwig at a window and he's like, what the fuck's going on? He opens it and Hedwig, Hedwig's injured. Hedwig is fucked up. Okay. What are you thinking? Immediately. I thought somebody tried to snatch Hedwig um, and Hedwig got fucked up in the process. And of course I'm thinking it's Umbridge. Oh, okay. Yeah. Immediately. I was who you're thinking or what. Um, so that was he- my first thought. And then I feel like it kind of got reconfirmed later when they all discussed it as a possibility. Yeah. So Harry is like immediately fake sick. He's like, I gotta go to the infirmary. And he takes Hedwig over to Professor Grubbly Plank, who is care of magical creatures and runs into McGonagall. Oh yeah. Because he goes into the teacher's right. lounge. Cause he's goes like, to the teacher's lounge. Yeah. McGonagall reminds him that Umbridge and the ministry are likely spying on them and all communications in and out of Hogwarts. She's like, do not send anything. She basically kind of clocks that this might've been an interception mm-hmm. because they think he's sending secret information, mm-hmm. et cetera. And she knows that he knows about the order of the Phoenix. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. So she's like, remind, don't fucking stop it. And Hedwig has a, has a little letter from Sirius from Sirius, All which he almost is, forgets. He almost forgets. And Grubbly Plank is like, uh, do you want your letter? Yeah. He's, he's like, Oh yeah. And he opens it. It doesn't look like it's been tampered with, but that doesn't mean anything. Just says today, same time, same place. So obviously he reads that as the fireplace late at night. And there's no other evidence that it's that it doesn't point to anything. So it feels like, all right, we're probably safe. Yeah. And it's pretty nondescript. Like no one's going to have any clue what that means. And then he heads over to his next class, which of course is fucking potions. Mm-hmm. And Malfoy's there talking very loudly, as it were, as he does, uh, going, oh, my father thinks Harry's going to be taken to St. Mungo's to a special ward for people whose brains have been addled by magic. And guess who gets triggered by that? Neville Longbottom loses, loses his, his shit. shit and attacks Draco. And everyone, everyone around them is like, what the fuck? Harry knows what's going Harry on. Harry knows, and he's like, I can't. I said I wouldn't say anything. I'm keeping my promise. Yeah, he doesn't I tell anyone. That. that was like, ugh. Made me love Harry. But he like, you know, helps break them up and everyone else is shocked. But Harry just. I'm, by the way, looking forward to a scene at some point in one of these books where Harry and Neville get to like where Harry gets to be like, Neville, I know, dude, like um, it's it's OK. And like Neville like breaks down crying to Harry. Like I'm looking for. That's I what will, you look forward to. Like, I, I want that to happen. Like, I want you to, think that Harry's going to be like, by the way, your secret. I've always known. No, it. no, no, no. That's like, really they figure, shitty. They figure it out at some point together. <laughs> They figure it out at some point together and Neville is relieved that somebody knows and he cries and it's cathartic. And I just want to go on record and speak for not everybody. You're a bitch. I'm not a bitch. Finding out for me, finding out someone knew a secret about me is not relieving. I go like, if someone's like, this was a secret that I knew and I kept from you and is about you. And I did it for you. I go like, fuck you for having a secret about okay, me. Well, I think Neville's a more forgiving, caring person than you are. I, and if I forgive people, but I get mad about it, you can okay. get mad and say, fuck you and still forgive someone. Is that wrong? I feel like you can. I I'd be like, know. fuck you. I knew you did it out of my best interest, but fuck you anyway. Cause why are you? Okay. So maybe that's going to happen, but ultimately me. he'll be happy and it'll be a, a cathartic moment. Or maybe he'll never find out. Cause Harry's a good secret keeper. Okay. Or maybe Anyhow. someone will die. Anyway, when class starts with, with Snape, Umbridge is there. Oh yeah. So Umbridge is, Oh, she's doing her um, evaluations. So she's evaluating. Assess- Snape. She's assessing the, Snape's yeah. class. So already it's like the fucking two most and hated this teachers. Is, this is for me. I was really curious to see where this was going to go because I'm still kind of on the fence of is she on the side of good? Is she on the side of evil? And if she was going to play favorites with Snape, um, I would think she's 
evil. Evil, because Slytherins are evil and Snape's a Slytherin. So. And you, but you think... But she was on his ass, too. She was like, I don't approve of your strengthening solutions. They're too strong. So you think that says more about her not being evil than him? I think they're both evil, but I think she's just evil in uh, her own unique way. Yeah. I don't know if she's necessarily on anybody's side. I think she's just a cunt. That's fair. Cunts just do their own thing. Yeah. You can cunt your own way. Cunt your own way. By the way, check out our merchandise. We have common cunts t-shirts, mm-hmm. mugs, masks. Because we, we have, love the word and we use it commonly. And it's way better than basic bitches. We're not yeah. basic bitches. We're, We're common, common cunts. cunts. So go check it out. Uh, we'll be posting links to it. By now, they're already you up. You can get a t-shirt, long sleeve, short sleeve, sweatshirt. You can get a mask. You can get a mug. We also have... Uh, Trans wizards are wizards and trans witches are witches merchandise. And 100% of that goes to trans organizations, organizations that help the trans community. So mm-hmm. go get our merchandise. Go so help the trans merch. community and uh, let the world know that you are a cunt. Yeah. A cunt we're taking who, the word cunt back. Yeah. We were thinking about asterisking the word cunt. And we're like, no, it's cunt. It's C-U motherfucking N-T. That's our word. We're taking it back. Anyway, she's, first of all, he already starts with, here's the potion, the shit's on the board, don't fuck it up. And she immediately is like, I don't think the ministry would not approve of this solution, which by the way is a strengthening solution. Yeah. So it's like the ministry wouldn't approve you teaching students how to strengthen themselves. Yeah. Fucking, what are you thinking of that? It's, it, it's all, all relating to the same thing. She, you know, Snape was brought on by Dumbledore and she's got a beef against Dumbledore. Yeah. So, and she brings up that she's like, I see you applied for the defense against the dark arts. Which position Harry first, enjoyed this a little bit, which you didn't get. And he's like, yeah, obviously. And, and she's like, oh, well, that's weird. That's weird. Hmm. You applied for it a few times. I wonder why. And he's like, I don't know if I knew that I'd probably fucking correct it, bitch. He doesn't say that, but yeah. I feel like he's thinking it. And then she of course does the like, and Dumbledore hired you. I feel like she's trying to, I think her goal is probably let's get rid of anyone Dumbledore. Yeah, I think she's trying to suss favors. out who br- who Dumbledore brought in and of those people who still has loyalty. Who would have loyalty to him in this like ministry thinking of fucking, you know, yeah, armies being built against them. So, so it's fun to watch and then later in divination we, we see We find out that Trelawney's assessment did not go well. Yeah, she's like going around the class, but then <laughs> she just <laughs> She's being so dramatic. So fucking dramatic. She's just like, oh my years. I could, the audacity to say that I, probation, me, like. I'm living for this in the movie. I cannot wait to see. It's hard because I think it's like, on one hand, a lot of us think Trelawney is a fucking fraud. Yeah. On the other hand, we all hate Umbridge. So how are you feeling for Trelawney right now? I feel bad for her. Yeah. Here's the thing. I think Trelawney is full of shit, but I still like like her. She's still a fun character. Yeah, it's also like, where else are you getting a divination yeah. teacher? I mean, she's very much full of shit. And any other divination teacher would probably be full of shit. But it's fun to think that, like, were something dark and terrible to befall Umbridge moments before whatever that strike is or moments before she dies, she goes, Trelawney was right! You know, because she predicted that in the yeah, last yeah, yeah. class. But f- we all know she's a fucking fraud. She's um, a fraud. So later that night, Sirius pops up in the fire again. He knows about the defense group, which is like, how the fuck do you know? Because it turns this, out. This freaked me out. Before before I read that it was Mundungus, I was freaked out. I was like, how the fuck does he know? Was he there? Did he sneak out? Did he sneak out? Oh, I was like, I was you so were just mad. Like, what a fucking I idiot. was like, Sirius, don't be a dummy. 
So apparently Mundungus, who we all know is the criminal who's involved in the order of the, the Phoenix, excuse me. He's the one who has the, uh, the side hustle yeah, of the cauldrons. Getting the cauldrons. He was there dressed as a witch in a cloak because he's probably meeting someone, but also it's so funny that he's been banned from this bar, but he still wants to go back to the bar. So yeah. bad that he wears a whole disguise for what cheap fire whiskey. I don't understand. I love that they had seen him too. They were like, they saw someone sitting at the bar and they were like, who is that? That just might like, be oh, somebody. You couldn't see the person's face. Some crazy and hooded that witch. was old dungy buns. Yeah. And then by the way, apparently Mrs. Weasley now knows because Mundungus has told them about this group. She does not approve of this. She wants everyone to fucking keep their shit clean. Keep your side of the street clean. Follow the rules and don't cause. Keep your nose clean. Unless it's really good blow. I mean, yeah. Has anyone, have you guys, check out our Filthy Fairy Tales. Filthy tale. Fairy Tales. You can um, watch what Jessica Michelle thinks it looks like when you blow a lot of cocaine. You call it blowing cocaine, and I think that's crazy. But I've never done it. Yeah. Like, blow is the cocaine, isn't it? Yeah, blowing blowing lines. You do blow. You, you do blow, a line of blow. Blowing lines. I don't know. I mean, I, listen. I, I, I don't know how things worked in the 40s it. I haven't when touched you used the to drugs do since I was 25. Oh. Back in 1943. Oh, you cunt. You common cunt. Anyway. And so Sirius is like, but you want to know who does think it's a good idea? This guy. Who's got thumbs and two thumbs and think, what's that joke? Two thumbs thumbs and thinks it's a great idea. Which is nice because it's like, okay, we have approval. Of course, Harry wants approval from his godfather, but also Mm. he's a known troublemaker. So it's like, it's not necessarily a good sign. Yeah, it's not necessarily good. Yeah. That Sirius thinks it's great. And then as they're talking, a fucking Sirius stops talking and then a hand appears trying to like grab Sirius. Could she grab him? I don't know. I don't understand how the flu powder works. By the way, it was umbrage that the... the snack fudge of a hand. Why do I snack, snack fudge, fudge? It's just like chubby fingers covered in rings. It's snack a very umbrage hand. And he disappears and it's just like, whoa, what the fuck? So scary. And there's no way to have a conversation about mm-hmm. it because they fucking. Yeah, he's gone. He can't come back. He's gone. And everyone's just shook as fuck. And that's where chapter 17 ends. And then we roll into chapter, chapter 18. Chapter 18. Dumbledore's army. Oh, shit. It's getting real by the way when i've read the, I, I have to tell you all of my feelings about all of the chapters. just when you heard the title i was like oh my god he actually does have an army that's what you thought You're yeah, like, yeah, this yeah. i was like time. oh this whole time he did have an army he was building an army they oh. were right uh that's so funny so hermione is like you know what i think umbridge has been reading your mail i mean she points out because a, a few chapters back remember phil and i showed up. this yep because did I feel like we thought maybe it could have been Malfoy causing trouble? Somebody was somebody tipped off Filch that Harry was ordering dung bombs. Yeah. But she points out that she's like, I think she was trying to just get him to get your mail so she could have an excuse yeah. to go through it. Which is what I thought. Which it's such a fucking ministry thing. It feels like. I mean, we think about uh, Sturgis Podmore, who's mm-hmm. now arrested, and there's yeah. the thought that like maybe the ministry made something up to put yeah. him in Azkaban. This is that too. It's like maybe she made up a thing yeah. to try to incriminate him. Yeah. I think she made up the thing, not even trying to incriminate him of that, but just he, to would, his... he would confiscate the letter and then bring the letter to her. So she could read it. So she could see what the fuck, see what the fuck he's saying is going on. Good news is Gryffindor Quidditch team finally gets reapproved. Their practices are shitty. Didn't they it's go rainy. to, they went to McGonagall yeah. went over her head to Dumbledore. Yeah. McGonagall is what happened. Yeah. So, so it wasn't Umbridge approved. that gave the approval. It was, it was uh, from the big boss. But the point is they're approved. 
Fred and George are this having trouble. This is so funny to me. Flying at practice because they have boils on their asses from from their skiving, from skiving snack, snack boxes. They, they tried a thing, and it's just so funny that it's so like, their boils on their ass are just burning the whole time. It's like which, having hemorrhoids. By the way, it, like to me is like clearly like it's like now we all know that you're like virgins because if it's like definitely from the snack boxes. Yeah. By the way, um, would like you, you weren't s- getting pegged by Angelina? In yeah. The would you eat a room? Would you eat a Weasley twin ass with Not boils? Like, with boils? No. I mean, you know, boils could be good for lube if they pop. You're disgusting. I'm so gross. Oh, ah, just. I mean, and I, I also feel like I'm fun. Even though I've said that I for sure feel like I would have had crushes on these guys were I a, a Hogwarts age student at Hogwarts. I for sure feel like Fred and George on top of these boils they've now unleashed. They for sure have ass knee. Asney. Asney. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, they for have sure, pimply for sure. asses. Oh, God, I would love to squeeze their pimples. Ew. Oh, I love it. That is a mental illness. You know how much I love extracting pores. Yeah, it's disgusting, but oh, thank I God. Love it so I need much. you to do it on my if, face. Yeah, yeah. I, saw, I see one right but now. I'm going to get to like, it later. Yeah, no, there are the people who moon you and you go like, this is more upsetting to yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You should be really embarrassed because it looks like you have strawberry ass. But anyway, they do quit a practice and then Harry's scar starts hurting again. And he starts to like have these sort of psychic He starts like seeing shit. He's like, dude, he's like Voldemort's angry right now. Yeah, it's like he's not even visualizing something. It's like he can interpret his feelings. Yeah, it's, Harry can feel his emotions. He's an empath, but only for the worst only person on earth. Only for the worst person on earth. That's a really perfectly sad. So, of course, Ron is like, Harry... Maybe you should go see Dumbledore. Yeah, but because Harry's... you know what? You should tell we obvi- someone. We obviously wouldn't have as much of a book if if he just went to Dumbledore if, right off the bat. If Harry would ever just fucking talk to Dumbledore, things would probably go a lot more swiftly. But he's still being a moody bitch because oh, Dumbledore didn't, didn't look at me at my trial, and he Ugh, feels like such a twat. Yeah, he feels like he. I probably wishes Dumbledore was sticking up for him more with all the mm-hmm. accusations of being a lunatic. Anyway, that night. Uh, Harry falls asleep in the common room and he's dreaming about a long corridor and a door that he wants to get through. So he's like trying to get through this door, but then he's suddenly awoken by none other than Gabby. My clit came to say hi. That's right. Here comes Nicole's clitoris and Dobby, by the way, he's, He's returning Hedwig. <laughs> I love it so much. He volunteered. He apparently like told. Matt- he was like really excited to see hairs. Oh, for sure. He loves Harry. Any opportunity to see Harry, he's going to take it. And by the way, he's covered in everything that. Everything. Uh, Hermione has knitted. He's everything. wearing all the hats, he's, all the scarves. He's the one who's taken all of them. And it turns out that the house elves are so offended by her hiding these pieces of clothing mm-hmm. that they've started refusing to clean the Gryffindor Tower. So he's been doing it all by himself, which is and- like fucked. And guess what? Uh, Winky is still not handling freedom well. She's a raging alcoholic. It's terrible. But the best thing to come from this, regarding Winky, Dobby offers a place for them to do their defense against the dark. He's like, I know a great place and no one's going to find it. He knows a place where he's found on nights where he has to take Winky to recover from her fucking alcoholism. And this was a really good growing moment for Harry because Dobby's like, hey, I'll take you there right now. And Harry's like, you know what? No, it's late. You'll show me another time. Yeah. Whereas I think first, second, third year Harry, maybe fourth year Harry. He would have been completely responsible. Been like, let's go like, now. Let's do Get it. the cloak. Grab the cloak and let's roll. So we learn about this place called the Room of Requirement. And it's a room that only shows up when you need it and has exactly what you need inside and it of it. And into it, if you know what you need, it'll be like, I got what you need. So you have to walk by this place three times. Yeah, thinking about what you need. 
and uh, and it'll give you what you need. Uh, Dumbledore had referenced it at some point in a previous book about a time where he discovered a bathroom he didn't know was there that he really needed. And it was oh, filled with hilarious. toilets. Um, so anyways, they schedule. <laughs> I mean, that's great. I forgot that part. That was really uh, funny. It's also funny to think that did Dumbledore know he was doing that and he was just making a joke about it? Or does Dumbledore not know about the room requirement? That would be crazy. Yeah. But anyways, they finally schedule their first meeting for the group. Um, and everyone who was there shows up. Hermione... Hermione being very type A is like, I think we should nominate a leader. And everyone's like, obviously, obviously, obviously it's, it's Harry. Harry. They're like, shut the fuck up. But she's like, I know. But I think, I don't think she's wrong. I think formally no. we should all establish. Yeah. She's like, listen, bureaucracy sucks, but it's a fact of life. And we need it all. It's like accountability. And then they talk about, oh, we need a name, but we want something like relatively inconspicuous, but the, captures what we do. And then they're like, we're going to be called the Defense Association. Yeah, that first. was... Cho suggests Defense Association, DA for short. And, and then, then Ginny is like, no, 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 no. How about Dumbledore's army? Because that's exactly what they're afraid of. Rookie mistake. Yeah, it's like they write it down on a piece of paper, too. They're like Dumbledore's army in big fucking what, bold letters. That's what pisses me off. It's like, fine, if you're going to name it that and call it the DA. Hermione writes it on the paper. And it's still unclear now that whether or not the paper is jinxed in a way that no one else can see it. We know that if other people tell people, they'll get fucked. Yeah. But what if she loses this paper? But it's also Hermione. So I feel like it's not Neville writing it down on a fucking, you know, poster board. Yeah. I mean, obviously, if Neville had it, we'd they would be game over. It'd be like, yeah, here, Neville, hold this so somebody can get it. Yeah, let's just turn ourselves in right now. Yeah. So they start very basic, Expelliarmus, which... Which is the disarming charm that Harry used against old Voldy Buns. In book four, which is very basic, and a couple people are like, eh, but he points out it will come in handy. You need to make sure how to do this. And guess who gets it right? Neville! We just talk shit about Neville, and look at what Neville did. Look at Neville getting better. That's the thing, is like, you have a group that supports you, it helps give you confidence, Dude, it makes you better. I feel like Neville is going to end up being the sleeper cell of this book. You think so? He's sleeper just going to come in cell. He's just going to come out dick swing. And by the end, you know what? I feel like Neville's going to be the one who saves the day at the end of all of this. You think at the Neville's end of the, the big hero the of, of the book series. Seven, in comes Neville Longbottom. Expelliarmus! With some, just swinging his dick. He's just, he's using his dick like a lasso in one just hand and he's wanding in the other. And then he's in just comes like, his toad, Trevor. Yeah. And it just pisses on Voldemort's mm, dead yeah. body. And uh. it's just the cherry on top of a very long bottomy cake. Uh. Neville. 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 So anyways, the meeting goes great. Uh, they're like, Oh, and Cho's like, you're making me nervous. You're making me nervous. Oh, and of course, Harry's like, fuck Schwing. yeah, I'm making me nervous. Schwing. Do you remember? Do you remember from Schwing? Yeah. <laughs> Schwing. I am uh, not I'm keep 100% doing confident that you didn't just totally flip your lips Schwing. at the patrons on patreon.com. Sorry, I think I, I, yeah, if you guys want to see me flip my lips. Um, Join our Patreon and be part of the live audience. So anyways, it goes great. They're like, all right, next week. We'll do it. They head back to bed. Ron and Hermione already fucking arguing over who did the best, which like, yeah. we know who did the best. Yeah, Shut Ron, the fuck up, Ron. Ron, you shouldn't even be a fucking Gryffindor, you fucking cuck. He's such a Hufflepuff. Uh, <sighs> Anyhow, no offense to the Hufflepuffs No, Eric. but he's, he's like, not, he he's, seems scared of shit. He's so scared of shit, how as we will he, see. How did he end up in... In the Brave House. In the Brave House. Anyway, Harry's like over the moon, like, fuck yeah, Cho is into me. That's where we leave off in chapter 18. And we're going to take a quick break and we will be right back.
quite the same as ever. Maybe worse. But it's chapter 19. The Lion and the Serpent. All right, we did this at the beginning of the last chapter before the break. Lion and the Serpent. You see this. What are you thinking? The Lion. I'm like, what the fuck's the Lion? I have no idea. The Serpent. I mean, the only serpent I can think of is is Voldemort's serpent. Oh, yeah. Najini. So you're so, like, what's happening? I'm like, I, I what? Hmm? Yeah. Well, so we start off. Hermione has devised a really great way oh. to to let everyone know when the date and time of their meetings are going to change because they're not able to keep it consistent, which I think is a good thing. They say they think it's a good thing because of all the Quidditch practices and things they have to work around. It's constantly a different time and time, same place. Um, but that's good because if anyone catches on to them, they can't catch There's a no pattern pattern. So basically she gives everyone a fake gallery. By the way, by the way, this part solidified what a fucking G Hermione is. Hermione is so fucking brilliant. It's insane. This is like a mic drop moment for Hermione. Yeah. So on the edge of galleons, there's a little serial number and she took these fake galleons and they will burn hot in your pocket when the new date changes and you can look and you can see what time and date it is, which is fucking incredible. And Harry also points out this reminds him of the Vold- Voldemort dark mark, thing. the dark mark. And would, she's like, yeah, well, yeah, I that's use the same technology. But like, instead of burning it in your skin, we just have a coin. Yeah. Which is so much nicer. Yeah. And they're like, there won't be any problems unless you accidentally spend it. And of course, Ron, who's bummed to find out it's a fake galley. And yeah. he's like, well, I won't have <laughs> that problem. Yeah, no problem. I'm poor. Although you I know love who? how Ron's whole everything. <laughs> Although, you know, who have a lot of galleons right now. Oh, the, uh, that the are, twinsies. That seem to be doing a lot of spending and purchasing. The twinsy twins. They're going to fuck it up. I don't know. I think that was a foreshadowing moment. I don't know. I think you might have just spoiled something. I don't think I did. The first Quidditch match is approaching, and it's Gryffindor versus Slytherin. Uh, Um, Oh, by the way, Ron still sucks. He sucks. Like, he's eating shit. There's moments where he's gotten better, but, like, he's just, he just hasn't. He's got a weak game, and he's got an even weaker mind game. Like, he is just not, his mind is not solid, and they know that. The Slytherins know that, and they come up with this chant that they're going to say. It's a song with slogans and badges. Yeah, so this is like day of, by the way. He's woken up on the day of the Quidditch match, sweating, can't eat, and they're walking into the Great Hall for breakfast. And And all the Slytherins are wearing pins that say, Weasley is is our our king. king. He doesn't see them at first. And someone is like, Harry, don't let him see what's on those fucking pins. So they're heading out to the Quidditch pitch. They meet, oh, beforehand, Luna Lovegood comes over from the Ravenclaw table and she is wearing a full lion-shaped hat. hat. So she's like Team Gryffindor. But it's like a lion that can like roar. She's like all about it. I think Luna, she really is slowly becoming just a darling deer of a character. So they head out to the pitch. Harry makes sure that fucking Ron doesn't see any of it, but they're in the locker room. Mm or his dressing room, whatever they fucking call uh-huh. it. They find out that Crab and Goyle have replaced the beaters that have graduated, which Ugh. is fucking annoying. What did I, Crab and Scone? Is that what I used to call them? Crab and Scone. <laughs> crab, and scone. crab and Scone are now the beaters. Uh, and they come out and the Slytherin crowd is singing a song. It's so fucking Weasley stupid. Weasley cannot save a thing. He cannot block a single ring. That's, That's why, why all, all the Slytherins sing. Weasley, Weasley is our king. king. Weasley was born in a bin. He's he always lets, lets the quaffle in. Weasley will make sure we win. Weasley, Weasley is our king. king. Non-fucking stop. And of course, Ron's already nervous. Now you have this fucking song playing. He's feeling like shit. He's playing like shit. They get a million goals get in. Not uh, a million, million, but a lot. But they get up to like 40 before uh, 
Gryffindor is able to score it all. And thank fucking, I mean, he's eating shit left and right, but yeah. thankfully, who Harry, saves the day? Harry spots the snitch and he snatches the big old snitchy. It's a tiny snitch. snitch. It's golden snitch, on his wings, snitch, just like snitch, my clit. It's little snitch, snitch, snitch. Snatches the snitch. Snatches the snitch. Boom. Game over. Suck a dick. It doesn't matter that Ron sucks. And guess we who's just over there sucking ass. a dick on the side? Uh, a Malfoy. He's pissed. Uh, Harry's going to land and Crab illegally hits a fucking bludger at him. The game's over. Game's over. Bludger to the back. Kind of fucks Harry up, but he's not too far off the ground, so it's not that bad of a fall. So he's fine. They get on the ground and fucking Malfoy's down there talking shit, which it's like, why are you talking shit? You You, just lost. Yeah, you just got it grabbed out of your hand. And then he's just like, well, you're fucking Ron. Of course you had to save Ron. Well, yeah, I mean. (laughs) Yeah, he starts by insulting Mrs. Weasley and being like, oh, you're fucking gross, poor mom, whatever. And the twins are like trying to get at him because of that. Harry's holding holding one of the twins back. And then then Malfoy lays into Harry's mom. And that, as we all know, is a big old no-no. So fucking every type of defending themselves from doing anything bad is called off because they fucking, George and Harry just... Pummel him. Pummel. Oh, I hope he fucking, I hope they crushed an orbital socket. Yeah. They just fucking give him a good old muggle beat down. Muggle dueling as Professor muggle McGonagall dueling. I thought that was it. really funny too. Fighting like, as muggle oh, dueling. Oh, you thought you would give a display of muggle dueling when Professor McGonagall has pulled them into her office and she's like two deten- uh, a week of detention for all of you. And guess who fucking of you, pops me. in? Pops into the office and is like, let me lend some support. M M M M. Cunt, cunt. And Embridge, cunt, cunt. Ugh. Anyway, Ugh. so Umbridge pops her head in and she's like, McGonagall, if you need any backup. And McGonagall's like, no, bitch, I got this. These are my fucking, this is my house. These are my students. I got this. I'm giving them a week of detention. And she's like, actually, I don't think that's good enough. And actually, I'm allowed to not think that's good enough because of educational decree number 25. She's like, great, there's another fucking decree. And she fucking whips out a piece of paper and is like, educational decree number 25. And basically, this is a decree from my Cornelius shit trumps you. Yeah, it says the High Inquisitor um, has supreme power to punish students at Hogwarts, which means she can overrule someone's power. And then she bans Harry, George, and Fred, who is being held back, who didn't actually hit anybody, from Quidditch forever. And she says that she's banning Fred too, because has, had he not been held back, he would have easily been there beating the shit out of him, which is totally true. Which is absolutely true. And by the way, I love that when they're brought up to Fred, they bring it up to Fred. Fred's like, you're goddamn right. I would have oh, I love like, he's it. not like, that's not fair. He's like, yeah, I would have kicked his ass. <sighs> and so they're all back in the common room, relaying the message of like, we just fucked up. Like we're fucked. Yeah, we're fucked. No and more Harry forever. And Harry and Ron are just sad, sad little boobers. Lamenting because Ron's not feeling good already because he feels like oh, he sucked. Yeah. He's been hiding from he everybody. He did suck. He- and this is why Ron should not be a fucking Gryffindor because Ron choked. He choked on his fucking chicken. I can contest in the that. Mass. No, he choked be, so fucking no, hard. Be no, gr- because no. Harry, Harry's first day playing Quidditch, he got out there, swung dick, dropped his balls, and fucking killed on his first day of Quidditch. Yeah. Ron ate a dick on his first day of Quidditch. Yeah, well, if you will hold on for just a second, if you knew anything about the houses, being a Gryffindor isn't about winning, it's being about being brave. It's about being brave, and I feel like it's very brave to go out and play when you know you fucking suck. That's, sorry, it, that's not brave, that's stupid. It has, yeah, but it's stupid. Honestly, winning and Gryffindor and then aren't if you're brave, Okay, then if you're brave, then when you fuck up, you should just 
fucking swallow it like a man and not be a little bitch walking off the field. Yeah, be brave enough to face your fucking peers after you eat shit and Ugh. congratulate your teammate you who go. saved your ass. Ron, not a Gryffindor. End of story. The only reason he's in that house is because of his fucking family. Just another example of fucking nepotism, getting someone some places. Nepotism. Well, you never know. There's a lot more time to display bravery from Ron. Uh, well, we he's got a really fucking tall mountain to climb here. The good news is, after all the fucking lamenting, Hermione chimes in and she's like, well, uh, I'm very sorry that you're not playing Quidditch anymore. That really fucking sucks. But guess what? Hagrid's back! Oh my God, there's a light in his cab and the motherfucker is back. And that is where chapter 19 ends. And we head into chapter 20. Chapter 20, Hagrid's, Hagrid's tale. tale. Uh. So they see the light on and they're like, fuck yeah, we have to go see him immediately. They throw on the cloak, which is getting a little too big. I mean, they're getting, they're a, little getting a little too big, too big for, for it, which I, when they immediately, when they threw it on, I was like, I feel like they're too big for this thing at this point. Like but they're just all hunched over. They're all, well, Ron has to hunch over cause Ron's really tall and in the books, which is so funny when you see the movies and he's like, it doesn't seem like he grew as much as they were hoping. Yeah. He would. They were like, when they cast him, they're like, you're going to hit a growth spurt. Right. And his mom was like, uh huh. Yeah, sure. Yeah. No, give us his some dad's, money. His dad's six, seven. He'll be Just tall. Fucking cast him already. I'm also get us out of our Weasley life by having him play a Weasley in yeah. the biggest movie franchise ever. So they run down in the snow to Hagrid's hut, you know, knock on the door in the invisibility cloak. He opens the door. Hagrid's looking rough. He looks like shit. He's like beat up on the left side of his face. He puts a dragon stake on his eye. Like he looks like Rocky got his hand, ass handed to him. Yeah, it's pretty fucked. It's bad. By the way, I love that it's a dragon stake. And it's got like green blood dripping everywhere. Which is so funny that they have just green blood. He's it's like, oh, I got a good, I went to the butcher and got a, Cut of old dragon meat. Yeah, the dragon just what bleeds surge. What is that? <laughs> Some Mountain Dew. Do the do, you know? It's all dragon's blood. That's what they should call it. So he's like, yeah, I got fucked up on this. I can't tell you what I've been up to, but it's a secret mission. So that's why I've been gone. And Hermione's immediately like, did the giants beat you up? To which Hagrid, you know, tries to go, I don't know what you're talking about, but he ends up admitting. Spilling the beans. He was, he, he spilled the beans that he was going to see the giants, which, which was. confirms their suspicions and also Nicole's. Got it. Who's getting good at this? This bitch. Okay. Comment below uh, on our, whatever, wherever you follow us and tell us if you think Nicole's cheating. Honestly, I am furious that you think I'm cheating. I, I am furious that you think I'm so dumb that I couldn't figure this out. Just remember, you read this when you were a kid, okay? You didn't necessarily have the wealth of experience I have as a woman at the age of 35. <laughs> Anywho, so he's like, yeah, I was with Madame Maxine. We went to talk to the Giants, uh, and it took them a really long time to get there. They had to travel far and wide. Oh, yeah, yeah. So they played it off like... Uh, they, they were on were... holiday together. Yeah, because... They had to set out and they knew people might be following them. So Dumbledore told them where to go, but it's like, you know, they got to fucking play it cool. So they went on this like fake romantic thing. Mm -hmm. They went to hung the, out the, for a the while in South, South France, France, which sounds kind of nice. Probably ate some big old fucking Maxine pus. Oh God. Oh, what does God, that what pussy a, look what like? What a delight. So that's the real Grand Canyon. He's like, yeah, that's, I mean, that's the real dragon mate. Um, <laughs> I feel like, uh, you guys can't see this cause you're listening to it most likely, but, mm -hmm. I feel like my curtains against the wall, I could just come out of and it's the same as like walking out of her pussy. Oh, absolutely. Just, just pink, draw the curtains back curtains. And, and you emerge. Good morning. Well, you know that little thing inside of a vagina that looks like a, like a, a mound, like in the hole. No, there's this, I'll, 
I'm, I'll have to show you sometime. I think you have a tumor. <laughs> a mound? I'll show it to you, and then you can look at it at your own. Oh, I, I mean, you're not going to let me look at your vagina, are you? Absolutely not. I don't want you to criticize my Do vagina. You want, you, would you be okay looking at my vagina? No. Okay, well, then I guess I'm... I have no so one to show my vagina to. There are some things you can never come back from. That is, that is me watching my parents die. That is my Avada Kedavra. Your vagina is Cedric Diggory, okay? I don't need to look into the face of your gaping, flappy, moundy vagina. Uh, listen, well, I'll show you my vagina at some point when you're ready for it. I refuse to be accosted by your vagina. All right, so um, they finally find the giants, and there's only 70 or 80 of them left. Which, which is really is, sad. Which is, by the way... Fucking lot of giants. I mean, yeah, it's a lot of giants, but there used to be hundreds of tribes of them all around the world. But now they're all shoved into this one little space, which is making them go extinct faster because when a lot of big bodies live next to each other, it's a little bit of clash of the titans. Well, yeah, giants are fucking, they're rough. They get angry. They fight. It's a very, I, I imagine they're like large Vikings. Like they're just built to fucking get angry. And so every, you know, couple nights, couple weeks, they all yeah. fucking start going yeah, at each when, other's Yeah, when throats. a giant gets mad and fights another giant, it's not like, it's not like muggle dueling. So yeah, no. So it's like, yes, there were wizards killing them off, but also they're fucking too dumb for their own good. Um, and then they meet, uh, the head G of the giants, uh, carcass. His name is carcass. He's the Gurg, which is basically the chief of the giant world. And Dumbledore told him this, uh, sort of proceeding you bring them a gift and you don't ask for anything and you come back later so they brought him some very magical items yeah. the first night they go they bring him a branch of everlasting fire so it won't mm -hmm. go out they love it no, and then then the next day they give him an indestructible helmet and they're like this is going great he seems very receptive giants then and finally he's like yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna hear you out and so they and, tell and they've him, known of Dumbledore. They knew of Dumbledore. They've heard they heard tell of this Dumbledore character. You know, they kind of fill him in on what's going on. You know, he he, he would love to enlist your help uh, against these people. And before they get anything formally agreed, they go to bed. They wake up the next morning. Everyone has fucking started killing each the other. The giants are all fighting, and uh, they find Carcass's head has been ripped, ripped off. <laughs> I I cannot believe how dark this book gets. I mean, tr it's no longer a children's it's book. It's gone. It's, this is so far from being a children's book. It's insane. I mean, this is fucking dark. I cannot wait to see what they do with this in the movie. Oh, yeah. You're into like morbid death shit. You yeah, want to see uh, someone get death their head porn. ripped off. So there's a new Gurg. Golgamoth. Golgamoth the Gurg. And Golgamoth, He's not into Golgamoth it. is like, oh, I don't like Dumbledore. Not I don't, don't want to hear what you guys have to he's say. He's wearing the helmet it. and he's like, we don't give a fuck about you. And he convinces everybody, nope, back out. All yeah. the, so now all the other giants are not, not, not with them. They're against him. And they're like, oh shit. Yeah. The fucking Death Eaters got to him. Yeah. And like, they sort of fucking are like, there's a big fuck you. They have to hustle to escape because the giants turn on them. Yeah. And uh, like Hagrid's about to be like fucked up and Madame Maxime whips out her wand, fucking uses some magic uh -huh. to free Hagrid and they have to escape and giants fucking hate magic. Yeah. So they have burned this bridge so yeah, down. That bridge, they left with that bridge aflame. Yeah. So they were like, maybe if we wait a little bit longer, there will be another shuffle in power and we can try to get back in with them. Yeah. He's like, let's wait a little bit. But then they see Death Eaters come and yeah. visit the giants. And they're like, we're fucked. Yeah, so they like the Death Eaters are doing the gift thing, and they're like, "Okay, cool." Uh, there's no fucking. By the way, way, I love the whole time Hagrid's telling this story. Um, they're like, so he's like, he's like, you know, and then you left. He's like, no, 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 we had to, we had to no, complete we had our mission. mission for for Dumbledore. So and then it ends up being the mission as a failure, and it's like, why don't you just say the why mission you was just a failure? Fucking say that because he wanted to tell this big 
story. Because there were a couple like pro carcass giants before carcass was killed who were living on the outskirts and Hagrid and Maxine were starting to kind of rally them yeah. like, oh, join us. But then they fucking, a few of them get killed by yeah. so Golgamets guys so and the rest are like, fuck you. We're everybody out. else is converted. And Hermione is like, did you find anything about your mother? And apparently it turns out she died years ago, uh, which doesn't seem to be a surprise. And Hagrid doesn't seem <laughs> there. And by the way, they're all, they're all like, Okay, but like, how did you get all these injuries? Yeah, like none of it explains why his face is so fucked up. Why They're like, so then, then so then the giants fucked you up, and he's like, no, that happened later. Yeah, and as he's getting into it, there's a fucking knock at the door. Bomb, 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 bomb. Holy umbridge. shit! Yeah, it's Umbridge. They get into the cloak, hide, hide in the corner, hide in the corner. Umbridge, of course, does her thing where she's like. <clears throat> You might not have heard about me yet. She uh, comes in, immediately starts questioning his absence, and she's like, I heard you talking. And he's like, to Fang. Like, does Fang talk back? He's like, in a manner of speaking, Hagrid's a fucking terrible liar. Terrible. The worst. Terrible liar. And then he, she sees a broken teacup on the floor. She's like, what was that teacup? And she's like, he's, he's like, Fang knocked it out of my hands. So I got a fresh one. So she's, so she's basically like, I will be inspecting your classes, just so you know. So heads up. Which... It, fucking he needs to take a goddamn heads up Hagrid he is just a fucking idiot he's just a big dumb idiot he is because she leaves and then right before the kids leave oh by the way she also was like there were footprints on the way down here and he's like I don't know the he's kid- like it must have been some students coming by earlier she's like well there was only one set coming in and nothing coming back and he just sort of is like I don't, I don't know. fucking know she leaves and Hagrid's like, don't worry, you guys. I have something so special planned for class. So they're like, we're fucked. Hagrid's fucked. No, Hagrid. Just fucking show us flies for Hagrid's fuck's sake. Screwed. Hagrid's screwed. And the truth is, he shouldn't be a teacher. That's how you feel? Yeah. I don't think Hagrid should be. I think Hagrid should have to teach with Grubbly Plank. You do? I think Grubby Buns and Hagrid need to be teaching together. Yeah. You think he's too dangerous? He's too rogue? I think. I don't even think it's that. I just, I think like... You know, it's just he's just going for wow factor every time. And it's like, you're not doing enough teaching. You're just doing wowing. Is he wowing or is he trying to teach at a higher level? I don't know. He's like, who cares about handling nifflers? What are you going to do if you encounter a blasted scroot in the wild? Which, by the way, come to find out, didn't we find out that he had bred those? Yeah, they're not even natural. They are like, he like, (laughs) they're they're fake magical creatures. And what if you encounter this thing I invented that would never have existed if I hadn't made it up for this class in the wild? There could be someone like me inventing creatures. But anyways, that's where chapter 20 ends. And then we head into chapter 21, the eye of the snake. The, it's the eye of the snake. I have the snake. I have the snake. And it's slithering around. Rising up now again. I'm like snake. What are you thinking? I'm thinking Voldemort. Voldemort snake. You weren't now thinking maybe it's Slytherin again after the lion and the serpent. Maybe, but of course I'm like, well, things are escalating, so maybe it's Voldemort snake. Maybe Voldemort snake makes a cameo in this. I mean, you never know. So the next day, care of magical creatures next day, yeah. with care Hagrid is back. He looks like shit. He looks even worse than the night before. And he's like, all right, guys, we're going into the Forbidden Forest. So already it's like, like, come on! I mean, why why is he being so fucking dumb? Even after Hermione went down to see him and be like, hey. warn him. And warn him. Hermione was like, just let me try. Let me help you make a lesson. I will write your lesson plan for you. And he's like. He's like, no, bitch. I got this. I'm good. Don't worry. This is I'm going to razzle and dazzle him. It's going to be great. Classic male ego. He walks into the forbidden forest with all of them. He takes some bait, put, puts it on the ground. And the creepy winged horses that we saw pulling the carriages earlier, they start to show up. And Harry sees them again. It's Harry sees, sees them. 
Luna can see them, but she's not she's there. She's not there. So ha- Hagrid asks, raise your hand. Who can see them? There's one kid from Slytherin who can see him and Neville Longbottom and can see them too, but most students cannot. People. What at this point were you thinking before they reveal what's going on here? I, I'm like, wait, why, why? I don't no even theory? know. I don't even know who the Slytherin character is. So I'm just like, wait, why Neville and Harry? Why Neville and Harry? Why? And you I had no I had theory. No theory. You're like, oh. I think if I sat and thought about it longer and I was like, well, what do they have in common? And it's just like, like dead, defunct parents. But his parents aren't dead. Yeah. That might've been something I would come up with, but not if you've seen death. Yeah. So apparently these things are called Thestrals and you can only see them if you've seen death, which now raises the question, which comes up in this chapter, who has Neville seen die? But also, who the fuck has Luna seen die? And also... Who is this other kid? Who else is in the Forbidden Forest with them? But... Cunt! Cunt! It's Umbi. Umbi's in there. She's here to assess. And she speaks to him like he is a complete and total moron. Yeah, like he's like mentally slow. She's talking... The way that I feel like some... I don't know if it's an American thing or just like a fucking a thing that some people do where if someone's completely foreign, you talk to them like they're deaf. And if I say it slower, you'll suddenly know this word you do not know at all. She's talking to him like he's a fucking dolt. Like he's yeah. an idiot. I mean, kind of is. Uh, I mean, Dumbledore's not the sharpest tool in the shed. What does it have to do with Dumbledore? Did you just call Hagrid Dumbledore? Are you out of your fucking mind? First you call Voldemort Dumbledore. The insulting to Dumbledore that goes on on this podcast. I mean, it's a miracle that people haven't completely abandoned ship with your carelessness. Dumbledore is a wizarding hero and you just throw his name in like he's Joe Schmo. I deserve that. I do. I deserve that. Keep going. I mean, I have, I, I can't, I, I can't even think about this any longer. It's the, my blood. I'm is sorry. Okay. Hagrid. Hagrid. Who you said wasn't even fit to teach. You just called him Dumbledore. The greatest headmaster of our time. Of all time. In fact, in my opinion, thus far, but who knows what will come I'm in the future. Sorry. So, D- fucking Umbridge goes, Thestrals are pretty dangerous. And Hagrid goes, ah, they're not that bad, which is a very Hagrid thing to do. Hermione's getting fucking pissed because Hagrid is being talked down to. And, and Hermione's not having it. No, and it's very clear the way yeah. that Umbridge is marking things down, but also loudly going, <clears throat> aggressive, likes, seems to have a penchant for violence. She's like saying her notes out loud as if yeah. to be like, just so you know, which... You'd think that Hagrid would go fucking take a note. And then she asks Neville at one point what he thinks. And Neville's like, fine, whatever. Yeah. And then she writes down Neville terrified, too scared to speak up or something. Too scared to speak out against the team. It just did not go well. And then later they're all talking about Christmas break and Harry's for the first time like, I'm fucking not excited to be spending Christmas at Hogwarts, which is what he always does. And Ron's like, oh, you're you're invited to our Christmas. I didn't tell you that. Like, which he didn't. So fuck you, Ron. But also, come on, Harry. Yeah, Harry, you got places to go. Anybody will take you in. You're Harry fucking Potter. Yeah, so Harry's like, I guess that would be nice. I want, And he wonders if Sirius, Sirius can, can come too. Look, Harry, stop. Just, no. 
Sirius has to stay put until shit is fine. Yeah, Sirius is all of us in quarantine. He had a brush with Umbridge in the fire. Stop trying to get your fucking god daddy hurt because Nicole's got to give it to him at some point. He needs to lay fucking low because he is on... People are on fucking a tight watch. It's a tight shift. He's going to get fucked up if he doesn't stay in the goddamn house. You don't need to encourage a guy who's already very encourageable. Encourageable. Sirius is like me pretending to be on a diet. All I need is for one person to suggest eating mm-hmm. pizza and the diet's gone. <laughs> like the moment you just go, why don't we go outside Sirius? He's like, I'm glad you said it. I'm on my way. Let me put on my chapeau. Um, I just wanted that to is, call back. Yeah, I love that you did a perfect impression of yourself on a diet. I mean, that literally is. Yeah. It's, and I'm the person who ruins your diet every time. Yes. She's trying to fatten me up so she can look better because she doesn't gain any fucking weight. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. They have their last day. They decide to have the last meeting of the DA. Uh, oh, Angelina also confirms that Ginny is going to be replacing him as a oh, seeker. Oh, yeah. She comes in and she's like, we had our first practice with the new people. Ginny has replaced Harry. She's not as good as you, but she's Whatever, good. She'll she's, do the she's job. She's yeah. fine. What are you thinking of that? Better than Ron. Fucking. Well, why would they move Ron? I'm saying, what do you think of the replacement? Good. I think it's great. Yeah. Huh, great. It's a lady. Look and at also, all the women on this fucking Ron. team. Your sister's better than you at this shit. Get it together, you fucking loser. He's going to have to fucking rely on his sister to save his ass the way Harry did. Yeah. So anyways, they're at DA. They're practicing what they practice. Harry is partnered up with Neville, which, by the way, is a recurring thing. Neville's always the one with no partner. The classic picked last trope. That's, and ne- that's Neville's why, getting that's good, That's why though. he's going to be the dude who saves the day. Yeah? I love that you think that. And Neville's, like, starting to not fully suck. I think... Yeah. I think that's where we're at, where they're like, Neville is probably surprisingly average at this point because he's usually fucking things up so poorly. And they're all like, Merry Christmas, everyone's heading out and after the lesson, but then Cho hangs back. But also I think it's important to point out, we forgot that um, Luna gets there early Uh and she's like talking to Harry and she's like, mistletoe, oh, mistletoe. Because Harry got there early, thank God, because Dobby had decorated Decorated the whole room in baubles of Harry Potter. So like, it looks like Harry Potter is like celebrating himself. Harry Potter land. And And there's mistletoe. And Luna goes, you're standing under mistletoe, which is like, Luna, are you about to try to fucking sexually harass? But then she's like, you probably don't want to stand there. There's nargles. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Nargles could be living in it. And then we circle back to that because at the end of the class, chose like... I feel like, like I might be Luna Lovegood. Like, I feel like I've, if Luna Lovegood and Trelawney had a baby, it would be me. I've always felt like I was a Luna Lovegood. So if Trelawney and you had a baby, it would be me. Wait, who am I? You cast me. If you were casting me in You're this You're more play, Trelawney to me. Trelawney? Yeah. That's so You're interesting. kind of like a whimsy woo-woo. I mean, if I was going to cast you in this, you're McGonagall. Yeah. Because you're a fucking type A bitch in the best way. Thank you. In the worst way. God help me. Save me. It's a cry for help. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, after the lesson, Cho's hanging back. Fucking. Bow, 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 Cho's bow. a changing back. We're about to have a dirty Christmas. But Cho is. Sobbing. I was crying when I met you. Now I'm dying to forget you. She's like, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to start crying. I just can't stop thinking about Cedric. And this is the point when Harry takes a tear off her face, slaps it on her pussy, and gives it to her. Yeah, because obviously he had to do that because her pussy was probably dried up like a fucking desert. Yeah. She's crying about her ex. Like, he's all like, oh, fucking... We're under the mistletoe and I'm with Joe Chang. But like, she's crying. Like, yeah, he has that loitering, like, this is our chance to, like, connect. And she's like, oh, and then, you're and then such she's a like, good teacher. I'm sorry I'm crying. Yeah, yeah, she's like, you're a good teacher. Yeah. 
I'm crying. You're a good teacher. This is also like they're under the mistletoe. And she keeps moving like closer and closer to him. I mean, just imagine getting like you're under the mistletoe with someone and they're like, it's okay. Imagine I'm instead of me, I'm you guys can't see this unless you're on the Patreon. But imagine I'm serious black in his youth. You have the hots for me. And then you get like this close to him. And then he's like, <laughs> he's trying to kiss you. Oh, but so sobbing, he's like, <laughs> oh. like just snot and tears on your face. Like, it would be devastating. This was now supposed to be you your big moment. Way. And she's like, <laughs> like, uh, fucking have some shame Cho lock it up come back after the break pull yourself together but he, she puts her slobbery fucking sne- sneezy snazzy I don't know what I'm saying teary cry face wet in the booger, worst way booger. She's, she had a whap a wet ass pun wet <laughs> fucking so stupid so Harry gets back to the common room wet wet ass pun uh, I'm so Nic- Jewish. Nicole is dying at her Jewish humor. <sighs> Your wet ass punum. She did though. Of course he gets back. Hermione and Ron are like, oh my God, what happened? You hung back. <laughs> did you guys kiss? Yeah. And Ron's like, oh yeah, how was it? He's like one of the side Ron's characters. Like, tell me more. Ooh. Yeah, I was going to say, he was one of the side characters in Greece. Like, yeah. yeah, fucking, did she blow you? And he's like, how was it? And, and Harry's like, wet? Because she was crying. <laughs> Like you go wet and Ron's like, oh, fucking. Yeah. And he's like, because she was crying, which is so uncomfortable. <laughs> then Hermione comes in and is like, yeah, obviously the voice of reason, because she's a woman with emotional range. She's like, oh, she's always crying now because she's fucking upset and feelings are hard. And then we find out, by the way, this that whole- Hermione's working on a letter to crummy crumbs. Yeah. And Ron is like, oh, he's still talking. He's still talking that guy. Ron is the fucking, I love, by the way, that she points out Ron has the emotional range of a, I don't remember what she says. Uh, he's the emotional, uh, honestly, I, he is the emotional range of a dill. Yeah, he's a like. A dill pickle. He's, it's like, yeah, of course you don't get it. Like, it's so obvious to Hermione. Like, yeah, you know, she's confused. She liked Cedric, then he died. And now she likes this other guy. She probably feels like she's betraying Cedric, blah, 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 blah. She worries what people think about her. Yeah. And Ron's like, oh, women are crazy. Uh, oh, women, broads. Per, per, per. That's how I imagine Ron. You, yeah, you're doing it great. I I can't stand Ron, so I can't stand when you do that. Oh, I just this fucking birds are crazy, eh? Mate? I can't believe Ron is going to end up even getting Hermione. I just don't believe it. I really wish someone hadn't spoiled that for you. That that spoiled that was spoiled for me before we even started. Long before. Yeah. Which I think it's important. You guys weigh in, tweet at us. But if Nicole has had something spoiled. I think it's better to just go, somebody fucking spoiled this for me. Once it comes out or once it comes out. I've told you every time somebody spoiled something. I'm saying I want the opinion because I understand both sides. Like, well, maybe if we pretend to not. But if you're too on the nose, I feel like people might go, this shit are you just pretending? And then they lose the excitement of. Guys, let me tell you, every time I find out I'm right. I am so satisfied in a way that I would never be satisfied with anything else in my entire life because I'm insatiable but how satisfied are we when she finds out she's wrong you guys how good does it feel to watch nicole go what the fuck anyway let's wrap this up with some fucking dark ass shit shit gets crazy so they go to bed last night before for four break oh harry's having a dream he's back in the corridor this is the snake he's slithering through a corridor same dream he's he's had before he attacks a man he's biting him and he wakes up and Ron's like standing over him like, what the fuck's happening? And Harry, Harry wakes vomits. up. Yeah, he's vomiting. He's pale. And he's like, Mr. Weasley's been attacked. It's He's in trouble. Like, 
Ron's like, Harry, you're, you just- had a bad dream. And Neville gets McGonagall and she takes Harry finally, finally to Dumbledore, to Dumbledore. Like he, he's like, Mr. Weasley's in trouble. We need to find him. Because he says to McGonagall, he's like, he's like, I was the snake. I was the one who bit Mr. Weasley in the dream. He's hurt. Please believe me. I'm not crazy. And she's like, no, I believe you. Let's go to, let's go to Dumbledore right now. That is where we leave off, which is fucking crazy. Before we sign out, Nicole, what are you thinking at this point? Where, where do you think this shit's going? Any theories? No theories at this point. I'm going to formulate some theories. She's going to formulate some theories. So our next chapters will be 22 through 26. So read those if you want to be caught up with us in the Order of the Phoenix. In the meantime, make sure you go subscribe, rate, and review our podcast to Filthy Nerds, wherever you listen to podcasts, iTunes podcast app, et cetera, et cetera. Um, Check out our social media for links to our brand new merch. We have masks. We have mugs. We have T-shirts. And um, all of our trans, our pro-trans. We have a lot of pro-trans merch. So... Because we know we're selling our soul to the devil by By talking about Harry Potter, Harry Potter, which is JK's masterpiece. uh, We want to kind of give like a big um, fuck you to JK and give back to the trans community. So this merchandise, 100 percent of the proceeds of any of that is going to trans charities. And we will be uh, changing those up as the quarter goes. But right now we are doing the Trans Legal Center, which is like ACLU specifically for transgendered issues. Mm -hmm. And we're also going to give to the Scottish Trans Alliance, which is a pro-trans organization that helps transgender people in Scotland, which is where J.K. Rowling lives. So fuck you. Fuck you, Um, J.K. And 100% of the proceeds of all of those items will go to these. We're not getting a penny. We don't get a penny. You want to give us a penny? Buy the common coat mask. Buy a coffee mug. So check it out. And if you want to be part of the live... Uh, recordings of these episodes, head over to Patreon. Patreon.com slash two filthy nerds. We do live recordings. High tea. We're we doing do. a high tea. We have a high tea. Yeah, you can so you can be part of the live audience and do questions for our high tea guests. And we have other fucking great bonus content coming up. You can you can watch movies along with us and other awesome things. Uh all right. Goodbye, Love you guys. nerds. Bye. This has been a two filthy nerds production. Okay. <laughs>